afternoon, my conscious co-creators. Welcome to another edition of the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. I am very, very pleased that you are here with me today. Oh, we've got a great show, kind of a little bit of a different show uh, for my listeners than we've been doing lately, but one I think that will really fascinate you today. Uh, it's a wonderful Monday in February and lots of interesting stuff coming up and we'll let you know all about that and as uh, things move along. But first, of course, let's get started with our quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. Let's see what the universe and Abraham have in store for us today. First, from the universe. If you knew how each little fluffy thought or daydream of yours was tied to the huge pivotal events of your life, You'd never again consider any of your thoughts little or fluffy. Radical, huh? The universe. Ah, we love our quotes from Mike Dooley and the universe. Kind of uh, being a little playful today, uh, wanting to remind us of how important uh, our thoughts and our focus and our daydreams are. You know, we have a tendency sometimes... To, to, oh, that's just some little nothing. And it's like, nah, actually, uh, those little thoughts add up to an energetic wave that can actually have a big effect in your life. So it's really good to pay attention and to really understand how much what we think, what we imagine, uh, what we put out there really creates the, our life around us. Let's see what Abraham has in store for us today. There is a momentum that was established by the source within you long before you emerged into this physical body, and with far less effort than you think, you can tap into that momentum, and it will serve you enormously well. Abraham. Interesting kind of quote. I mean, one that sort of speaks to our non-physical nature and perhaps our you know more spiritual side or more eternal side we all have a tendency to feel like you know we started as beings or as consciousnesses when we were born into this life and uh, you know there's been studies over and over again about past life reincarnation some you know have been debunked some haven't um, I personally have had my own experiences with such things. And, and for me, it, in a very personal level, I, I very much believe that, you know, we don't just get one time around on the wheel. And, and to me, uh, I was first introduced to this concept of reincarnation back when I was in high school. And it just kind of made sense to me. And the way the, the person explained it to me was it was kind of like this. It's kind of like, well, in Western religions and philosophy, it's kind of like you get one chance to take third grade. You, ha you take the final exam. And when you take the final exam, either you pass or you fail. And if you fail, you go to hell. And if you pass, you go to heaven. And that's it. That's it. That's the only chance you get. Whereas sort of this, this, this Eastern sort of philosophy of reincarnation is you take third grade and if you fail it, you get to take it over again. And you take it over again and over again and over again until you pass and then you go on to fourth grade. And you take fourth grade over and over and over again until you pass and then you go on to fifth grade, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, that just sounded like a more compassionate way for the universe to be. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I just, I choose to believe that the universe is a compassionate place, even if at times it doesn't feel like it or seem like it. And we have a fairly limited perspective. So, but I mean, even if you don't believe in reincarnation, there is an energetic quality to our nature that transcends our physical body. And, you know, just the energy itself has some kind of consciousness to it. And for me, it's just hard to believe that, you know, our, our existence starts at the moment of birth or the moment of conception. That really, to me, it just it makes more sense that there's some kind of underlying energetic subtle nature to us that existed long before we were born and will exist long after we die and i still think we don't fully understand it and you know as much as spiritual practices and endeavors you know try to explain things 
Um, I still think there's deeper understandings and there are higher levels of understanding that, you know, we're not even scratching the barest inch of the surface of an iceberg uh, that there's so much underneath that. But anyway, so two rather interesting quotes of the day from the universe and from Abraham. And of course, as always, they're so applicable for our guests that we bring into our studio. And uh, today we have a very, very special guest. And this is somebody who, you know, I had to really coax a bit to come on in and was a little bit concerned. And I think as uh, you, we unf- this conversation unfolds and we, we uh, go into our, our various topics, you, you'll begin to see a why. And I'm only going to refer to him as Dr. X. We're going to keep his identity a bit of a secret uh, for various reasons, and, and hopefully you'll be understand why as we go through the conversation. So uh, Dr. X is the author of 23 classified papers and is a holder of two patents involving uh, computerized uh, servo functions for hydro... Uh, electric propulsion systems. Hybrid. Hybrid, thank you. Hybrid electric <coughs> propulsion systems and is the co-recipient of the Hughes Aircraft Excellence in Engineering Award. So, obviously, he has an engineering background. This guy is a pretty smart guy. And Dr. X also served as a major in the U.S. Army 11th Special Forces, which are the Green Berets, and was a, and was a special consultant to the DOD and was instrumental in the development of advanced technologies for both the CIA and the U.S. Army. He's an active member of several academic, scientific, and engineering associations Associations and also serves with um, uh, on the U.S. Congressional Scientific Advisory Board. He holds PhDs, plural, in applied mathematics and theoretical physics. Physics. He has post PhDs in astrophysics, uh, master's degrees in electrical engineering and physical chemistry, and bachelor's degrees in mathematics and computer science. So uh, you've spent a little bit of time uh, in academia, huh? I would think so. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having to. I'm putting a little reverb on his voice just to help to mask it a little bit. Um, but needless to say, uh, Doctor X is a pretty smart guy. He's been involved in some uh, pretty unusual stuff. I think it's fair to say, and. Uh, we're going to talk about some pretty far out there stuff today, which for some of my listeners, you guys know, I'm not afraid to go esoteric and, and out there. But uh, Dr. X, I would like to just start with one basic question. This is something that I get a lot when I talk to some people um, about uh, these kinds of topics, which is, you know, people talk about government, these conspiracies and government special programs and hiding all these things. But, you know, the government is such a big, huge bureaucracy and there's so many people. You know, how can they possibly keep such huge, big things secret from the, the general public? It just seems almost incomprehensible to people. Well, they actually do a very good job. I mean, every year Congress allocates certain monies in the terms of billions of dollars to what are called black projects or black budgets. And these are carried out at various agencies with, and also within private corporations as well. Hmm. Uh, generally speaking, this type of technology sometimes precedes the public awareness of it by a factor of almost 20 years. Yeah. Sometimes there are people that become a bit upset with their security clearances and then when they become older they may leak certain bits of information to the general public um people have to be very very concerned lives have been threatened over materials like this it has never happened to me Uh, i would never do anything to abrogate my security clearances but the point being our government is very bad at keeping certain things secret (laughs) very very good at keeping other things secret along with programs of disinformation to make this leaked information seem so implausible that the general population without having the training and either the science or the engineering disciplines would really believe that such things are in fact impossible right and i think that's a really good point for people to keep in mind who who are a little bit of the doubting thomases is you know there's stuff out there if you look for it but because there's been so much disinformation and there's been so much stuff put out 
to try and negate it or to make people who believe in this stuff seem foolish and crazy and stupid, that that actually is is more of an issue than the stuff not leaking out. That if you look, it's it's out there in all kinds of different ways, isn't it? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, um, one has always seen these specials on the History Channel or the Learning Channels about what occurred after the Second World War when German aerospace technology was taken to the United States under programs referred to as Operation Paperclip, Mm -hmm. and there were others, and German aviation was at least two decades ahead of where we were in the United States, and of course there were also some conceptual ideas that they had developed, in fact, you know, a Nazi flying saucer, etc., and not having any direct input with that, but I received enough information from people that were supposedly close enough to this to make me believe that, that, in fact, uh, they were developing these types of anti-gravitational technologies, whether they were successful or not, is something that I don't have privy to. Gotcha, gotcha. So, uh, I mean, uh, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into the first one. We just got a, a couple of minutes before we go to our first break. But so the, just this general concept of sort of super advanced technologies, flying saucers, I don't know, tractor beams, all, all that kinds of stuff. It, it's something that people tend to like think, oh, it's like the work of science fiction, but there's actually a lot of science behind it and that there is some uh, rather good possibilities that it's actually been developed already. These technologies, some of them have been developed and others are in the process of being developed. Science fiction of the 1950s and 60s is actually reality to make today in many, many ways, shapes, and forms. We're just not that aware of it. Right, right. And, and you know, it's funny, I, I'm, I remember one show, and I can't remember what it was, a long time ago, where they, they sort of talked about this, this phenomenon of UFOs, of these unidentified flying objects throughout history, and sort of how they sort of mirrored what was to come next. Like, people were seeing giant things in the sky that looked like hot air balloons like 20, 30, 40, 50 years before the first Zeppelin supposedly was launched. And That's that, correct. Yeah, so so that the, it, it, tend, it tends to be just sort of a, a short leap ahead and it's not inconceivable that governments could have developed these things and just nobody knew about it until they finally released it. They could have developed it, more likely reversed engineered certain technologies. Ah, reversed engineered. Okay. Well, I tell you what, before we get into our next topic, which I'll give our audience a little hint, we'll talk a little bit about extraterrestrials. Um, Why don't we take our break first? We'll go out a little bit early. And when we come back, um, let's talk about um, this, just this whole concept of extraterrestrial intelligences and whether our governments are actually in contact with them or not. Okay. listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And And welcome welcome to to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day.
And welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Uh, This hour, my guest is Dr. X, and we're talking all about the real X-Files from uh, an insider's point of view. So, um, Dr. X, at the end of the last segment, we sort of started to lead the way we mentioned about sort of reverse engineering these advanced technologies. So, obviously, these uh, if we're reverse engineering something, it had to have come from somewhere. And, you know, me personally, not that I've ever had the experience, but I am a big believer that there are aliens out there. There are advanced civilizations, and more than likely, we're in contact with them. And uh, one of the things that came out a couple of years ago, which I thought one of the the biggest things to kind of show this is real, is there was a gentleman, and I I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but he was a former defense minister from Canada, and he was the first cabinet level member of a G8 nation to come out and say, not only do extraterrestrials exist, advanced civilizations exist, but we're actually in contact with them. Yes, I know. I cannot think of his name offhand, but I know exactly who you're talking about. And a similar thing occurred. I believe it was the Belgian air minister didn't state that there were any governments actually in contact in any official capacity, but basically stated that a good portion of what we refer to as UFOs, they in fact know are extraterrestrial spacecraft. Yeah, and and so... And it's interesting because at times it feels like through the media and stuff, the government is preparing to maybe make an announcement or say something about it. But still, that's never come out. And there are many people in what's called the disclosure community. um, Greer, is that his name? Yes, correct. Um, uh, That are really big in, in, in bringing people forward. To, to say, like, you know, I've had this experience or that experience. And I remember in one of the disclosure videos, like some, sometimes to me it's the little things that I think make the biggest, uh, are the biggest sign of something. And I remember one of these people, and, sh- and, and like he had, you know, Air Force colonels and, and, and pilots and engineers and all these kinds of stuff. But the one that got me was there was a woman who was a um, commercial artist. She did, you know, Photoshop and, and, you know, the commercial design stuff. And what she said was that her job when she was at NASA was all of the pictures of the moon from all the telescopes and everything before they were released to the public, her, they were all given to her and her job was to Photoshop out all of the things that look like moon bases, extraterrestrials, like anything that kind of show that there actually is something on the moon. Yeah, the an, 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 as I say, anomalous phenomenon. That's correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, over your years, uh, have you sort of seen or heard or been in contact or people have mentioned things like that to you? Absolutely. Um, I could just... Be- I had never seen what I was ever purported to be an actual alien technology. Mm-hmm. I was privy to see some photographs of exactly the topic about purported structures on the moon, some of which seem to be very, very ancient. What's very interesting, what many, many people don't know, but some do, that when NASA came into effect under President Eisenhower between 1949 and 1951, I believe those were the years, a study was commissioned by Congress to the Brookings Institution to determine what would be the likelihood of what space exploration would be like. And very matter-of-factly, it was stated that in the course of exploring our own solar system, more than likely we would come across remnants of civilizations that have passed through the solar system before we became the prominent species in the solar system. And that exposure to that or the revelation of that could have extreme religious and financial upheavals. They cited examples of, say, certain um, Christian cultures encroaching on other cultures in Africa where the level of development and it, it resulted in the complete destruction of these cultures because they had absolutely no references in terms of one as compared to the other. I see. So it was like they, 
this Brookings Institute study, they basically said, yeah, look, more than likely we're going to find something, but it's going to cause a tremendous upheaval. So I I would assume that would mean like that would be when, okay, so if we find anything, we've got to hide it, we've got to negate it. Yes. And interestingly enough, there is a public NASA and there's also a part of NASA that's actually classified and assigned to certain agencies within the Department of Defense in case certain anonymous phenomena are discovered or there is some sort of interaction with our own space program, how that information will be handled. Mm, interesting. And, it, and it's funny because I've been seeing, I mean, you always see all kinds of crazy stuff on Facebook and other places, but I've been seeing more and more, there are conferences now that talk about our quote-unquote secret space program. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I, I just wanted to go back a little bit because as we're talking about sort of the forming of NASA in 1949 to 1951, something like that, uh, it's very close to a date that many people feel is very significant, that of 1947, of this purported crash of a flying saucer in Roswell. At Roswell, yes. Yeah. Yes. So what have you gathered over the years actually happened in Roswell at 47? I honestly don't believe it was an extraterrestrial occurrence. My reason for this is as follows. We've all seen the photographs and we've all heard the first-hand accounts of what was found there. What was found doesn't seem to be part of a highly technical structure. It looks more like it does belong to a, quote, Project Mogul-type balloon. I heard reports that the actual occurrence was not at Roswell, but at a few miles a place called Corona, and that is purportedly where the actual extraterrestrial spacecraft in fact crashed with supposedly the three or four dead extra biological, extraterrestrial biologicals that were found deceased. Hmm. I see. So, so, and and it's interesting because with the the X Files just got resurrected by Chris Carter on yes. TV, and in the in the premiere episode, uh, uh, warning, this is a spoiler, um, but you know, Chris kind of almost rewrites their whole mythology and their whole history by saying, you know, actually, all that stuff, it wasn't real aliens; it was actually the U.S. government or some secret government agency using alien technology to appear to be aliens, but really wasn't aliens yeah. doing all that stuff. I have no direct knowledge of it. I wouldn't be surprised, but it would have meant that prior to 1947, we did have access. There are some stories with a great deal of credibility of crashes that occurred in Europe four to five years earlier in oh. occupied Germany. This could be the potential source of extraterrestrial technologies, but I have no direct exposure to Got, this. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and and I mean, this is, uh, and people have been talking about for a while, I mean, Hitler himself was sort of obsessed with all kinds of fantastical stuff, super, um, uh, 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 I'm trying to think, uh, uh, esoteric stuff, occultic Absolutely, stuff. absolutely, yes. Yeah, In so. fact, that there was a certain, there was a special division of the SS that specifically traveled the world looking for evidence of such things and a way to relate it to the supposed Aryan supremacy of the German peoples. Ah, okay. So so this whole idea of, of like Raiders of the Lost Ark really wasn't so far-fetched after all. It's a fictionalized version of what actually occurred. I see. And that's been well documented. Oh, it has been? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, is there anything that you've read or seen of, of things that they actually found that were fairly fantastic? None that I know of. Okay. All right. Great. Um, so, uh, um, so with this you know, uh, apparent sort of exposure to these advanced technologies and then the Army sort of reverse engineering things. Um, why would they have not uh, sort of start to put some of these technologies out into the public domain, or, or have they? From what I understand um, and what I have been told by whom I believe to be reliable sources, 
that much of the microcircuitry which is currently used was actually reversed engineered circuitry. Certain concepts of fiber optics which we currently use now were examples of reverse engineering. Certainly cloaking phenomenon. That there appears to be no doubt about because back in the 1950s and 60s, one of the biggest arguments against extraterrestrial spacecraft visiting Earth, they never seemed to show up on radar, which is true and false. There have been many radar returns and many where they were visibly observed, but there was no relevant radar return. Back in the 1950s and 60s, this seems to be impossible. Today, with the F-111, we take this for granted because we know that it actually does work. Yeah, that it, it's uh, eventually we developed the technology for it. I mean, as if uh, or reversed engineered it because it's sort of okay. We can create a a detection technology. Well, if we can imagine that, we can imagine a way around the detection technology. And if we can imagine a way around it, uh, we keep trying and trying and testing until we actually create it. Once again. The governments of the world, especially the United States, the only leading superpower, developing these technologies, it doesn't mean that the scientists and engineers would have had to have been exposed to extraterrestrial examples. It may just have accelerated the process and or put the idea in the minds of these scientists and engineers to go forward with such programs, knowing that it works for one level of technology, it could, we can d develop it for us. Ourselves. Right. So basically, it's like once we know something is possible, now we have a direction to go and now we can actually try and figure out how is it possible. Sam, it's like the philosophical argument. If the human mind can think of something, it's relevant and possible. The, arg the philosophical argument being if it can think of it, it means it must be out there in the collective consciousness somewhere. My training in physics 20 years ago, had you asked me this question, I would have said, gee, it doesn't make any sense. The human mind can think of anything, but in a way, that's not true. I think we are tuned in to the collective intelligence of all of our species on this planet. And if it is thinkable, at some point it will be doable. It's much the same way that mathematics predicts things in hard science sometimes 20 to 30 years before experimental evidence indicates that such things are possible. Oh, interesting. And and it and it always sort of comes down to the level of technology that we can predict something theoretical which always happens and then it takes some time for the technology to catch up to the theoretical. That is always the case. I mean, the even with nuclear weapons, the concept of a nuclear weapon that was a bit of a different thing. Really, the concept of a nuclear weapon was really eight years before nuclear weapons were actually developed. I don't think anyone would have bought into it had somebody of the relevance of Albert Einstein stating to President Roosevelt, listen, this is not a joke. These things are possible. And the leading defense critics of the day actually said, no, this is not, it cannot be. And then Roosevelt said, who am I to argue with Albert Einstein. So, no, but we were very fortunate in that respect because the Germans had Werner Heisenberg and they were all, they took the incorrect route. Fortunately, that we had a lot of influx of these brilliant British, German, Austrian physicists who came to the United States collectively along with Enrico Fermi. And once Fermi demonstrated that an atomic pile was possible, and I think that was done in December of 1941, just prior or after uh, the invasion of Pearl Harbor, it says if this can be done, then it's only a few steps away from actually delivering this mm. as a weapon of mass destruction. Yeah, yeah. and as they say, the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. Okay, so um, time for us to take another quick commercial break. Uh, when we come back, um, I just want to talk about maybe something a little different that we started to touch upon such as men who stare at goats okay so everybody please stay tuned you're listening to the conscious consultant hour awakening humanity my guest this hour is dr x and we'll be right back
You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st, 21st Century Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun. For you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business. And your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21stCE Radio or Talk Alternative. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. Welcome back to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. We're having a very esoteric discussion today with Dr. X all about advanced technologies, extraterrestrials. And uh, I want to touch upon a, a sort of a different topic. I mean, similar of, of sort of the military developing things. Um, and, you know, it's, it's interesting how when you look over the, civil, the, the recorded civilized history that we tend to make our biggest technological advances during wartime and that war tends to be the impetus. It's a, sort of a sad commentary on human beings that it's, we have to wait to be in a war for that to happen. Agreed. Um, so uh, a few years ago, a very interesting movie came out with George Clooney and Jeff Bridges called Men Who Stare at Goats that were all about a program within the military during, I think, the 70s, it, it initiated, or 80s. In the 80s, I believe. Okay. Um, about using sort of, of, of investigating sort of uh, uh, more esoteric stuff, this idea of remote viewing, of sort of parapsychology, of, um, of, of uh, psychic phenomena, um, which I actually learned later that the main character, and I forget who his name was, the Jeff Bridges character, like he's a real guy and a friend of mine actually put me in touch with him. He still lives out in Hawaii somewhere. I was trying to get him on the show, but the Yes, he is, and he's bit. former Army Special Forces as well. All right, so so this this movie, although it was a fictionalized version, I mean, this thing was based on fact. They really tried to do this stuff. Absolutely, yes. There, I have no direct... Um, knowledge of anything involving what I would call the psychokinetic component that is trying to stop the heart of a person using psychokinetic energy. However, I was somewhat closely related to a project involving remote viewing. Is it an actual externalized mechanism for which a machine could be made to make it better? To the best of my knowledge, there appears to be no electromechanical interface between what the human brain does in purporting this phenomenon to actually occur. I think we all have a component of this. It's a matter of developing it. And and, and uh, they said that, uh, at least I've heard people talk about it, that both the U.S. government and the Russian government, especially during the Cold War, were both trying to develop this technology sort of through human beings. And then uh, I guess you, you had, they were trying to do it sort of mechanically, but weren't successful. That's correct. Both governments have spent hundreds of millions of dollars investigating purported related PSI or ESP type phenomenon. The general public scientific consensus 
is that this phenomenon is not above nor below the statistical average for a random occurrence of such things. However, there are papers that have been written, some of them which are still classified, that state the contrary, that this phenomenon, in fact, can be developed and it is, in fact, used. And, and there are also, I mean, there was the, 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 that TV show on HBO, Medium, which was based on a real story of a, of a psychic who aided the Phoenix Police Department in all kinds of cases and stuff. I mean, this happens all the time in police uh, around the country. Absolutely. It occurs all the time. And the police, and I would say 90% of the police officials who originally were put into contact went in as being complete skeptics and came out being complete believers. I think we have all experienced this in our lives. In the technical culture that we live in, we tend to have machines do things for us that normally, so we become a bit desensitized. However, having spent many months of specialized training in very rural, jungle, and Arctic-type environments, when you're away from the, what I call the electromagnetic and technical pollution, these areas of the brain, in fact, become re-stimulated, and you become more aware of what's going on in your environment than you would otherwise. Interesting, interesting. You know, I actually had a guest on my show who was a specialist in, in sort of weather phenomena, and he moved down to Uruguay to be close to the equator because he said the electromagnetics of the area, like around the equator, were, were very different and much more, um, I guess, supportive, uh, and, and again, kind of being in a rural area, of developing one's individual yeah. capacities. Morgan Freeman has a very wonderful show called Through the Wormhole. And initially, it started off simply about things involving the universe in a general context. But many of the later episodes were focused upon serious scientists, people at Princeton, Ivy League schools, who are actually doing research into this, into these types of phenomena and coming up with model explanations of what it actually works. One of the scientists said that we use ESP because all of our brains are interfaced with the electromagnetic fields of the phenomenon and that brain-to-brain -brain communication, at least in the same temporal frame, not looking into the future or not looking into the past, is really an electromagnetic effect. Right. So, it, it, and it's really... I mean, it's so funny that the more we sort of learn about the human body and about the the electromagnetic fields that we give off, I mean, in some ways we don't really know that much. We're just barely beginning to understand it. But there are much more complicated, sophisticated, and, and interconnected. And subtle. And the, 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 the key word is subtle that we are completely unaware of. Look in my field specifically. The fact that we know now that it's purported that more than 80% of the universe is not visible to us. It's a form of material that is called dark matter. We can't visibly see it. We can't visibly measure it. However, if we design models of galaxies, if we remove the parameters for the dark matter, in the computer simulations, the galaxies don't form. Once you introduce the parameters, which would be the... Uh, the actual the um, the analogy for the dark matter, the galaxies form in the way that we understand them. Yeah, I, I, and I remember when they came out with that term, dark matter. I never really liked it because if eighty percent, although we can't see it, but if eighty percent of the ma of the mass of the universe is this stuff, it's not necessarily dark i mean that's kind of more light but it's just on a different frequency or wavelength than we're used to looking yeah uh i would agree except for the fact that we, we can't seem see. to locate the wavelength to actually observe it uh, there are some very 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 high-end esoteric experiments that have been set up to determine whether any of this material actually passes through the earth sort of like what neutrinos do from the sun but it was once purported that maybe dark matter are neutrinos and it seems no that that that's that's not the case at all because neutrinos are hypothetically completely massless 
particles. Oh, completely massless. Okay. Um, you know, it's also interesting lately, I've been seeing more stuff about uh, sort of this idea of portals and wormholes, and that recently there were some scientific experiments that showed that there were some particles from the sun that came to the Earth like in seconds instead of the 18 hours it's, it's supposed to take or 24 hours uh, that that scientists were trying to say like yeah like not only do these things exist but they're all around us very very possible um whether they can be utilized through technology is another issue i would think that if our extraterrestrial friends are in fact visiting earth that they know how to utilize these concepts through a different a completely different type of propulsion yeah. uh, so dr x I'm, I'm curious we're getting back to the sort of the alien uh uh part of this, but uh, I had read the work of Zachariah Stitchin, uh, The Twelfth Planet, uh, a number of years ago, and while I'm not sure I necessarily agree with everything he says, he really makes some really good arguments for how this ancient Sumerian civilization, of how influenced it was by some alien uh, culture or civilization who they called gods at the time. Of course, you know, if an alien, an advanced species came down 6,000 years ago, what would they look like to people? Precisely. I really, I'm of the opinion, and people can disagree with me if they want, which is why we, we live in a democracy, is that every religion on this planet, except maybe for Buddhism, because Buddhism is more about a religion of the self, but certainly the polytheistic and the monotheistic religions are really due, and this doesn't mean I don't believe that there is in fact a supreme being, that is, that is besides the point, is due to ancient people's contact with extraterrestrial civilizations and just did not have the proper context nor the appropriate reference points and entire mythology. And I don't mean to insult anyone's religious beliefs, but an entire mythology developed because of this. And I've also heard rumors from different people, I don't know if you've heard these, that the Vatican actually has some evidence of alien influence on ancient times lacked up in the Vatican vault somewhere. What's very interesting about the Holy Roman Catholic Church, it was the religion which was the antithesis of this, now, especially under this Pope, it has become the more accepting of this, and the strange, the Protestant Reformation, which was largely to rebel against the teachers, the teachings of the church during the time of Newton, now be now is holding on to those principles that the Catholic Church abandoned maybe 20 years ago. The Catholic Church openly admits that it is not beyond the religions of Christianity to make the assumption that there are civilizations that live on planets around other solar systems yeah that that was huge when when that kind of came absolutely out. and and it's it's amazing I, I think to live in this day and age where sort of these these power structures that have for so long kind of hidden these things um are, are starting to come out and, and actually say they're possible absolutely they did a 180 degree flip-flop on what they held for centuries to be um, dogma. Yeah, too bad they're not going to apologize to all the people they hurt in the past. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Cool, cool. All right. Um, Believe it or not, it's time for us to take our last commercial break of the show. When we come back, uh, I would like to go out there and talk about some even more way out there stuff for our audience. Um, And I'm going to keep referring to the Montauk Project and time travel. How's that by you? Very good. good. All right. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. (laughs) 
Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. TalkingAlternative.com Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity. Our guest this hour has been the mysterious Dr. X, a uh, Green Beret physicist, a PH, multiple PhD holder, um, who's giving, helping us to provide some insight into some of these far out esoteric and, and, and often poo-pooed ideas in the general public that there actually is a lot more basis uh, in reality for some of these uh, phenomena than we, we tend to, to think. And I, I want to push the envelope here a little bit because, you know, I've had on many unusual guests in the past, um, one of which is an author, Peter Moon, who wrote a book called The Montauk Project. That was all, and, and I actually have friends, um, having grown up uh, here in, in New York, who have actually been out in Montauk as kids, who have experienced some of this stuff um, and, and had a very difficult time dealing with it. But supposedly the Montauk Project grew out of the Philadelphia Experiment, where the military tried to cloak a warship and it it phased out and when it phased back in there were people half inside of bulkheads and all kinds of stuff like that um first of all just on the philadelphia experiment have you um talked to people heard anything about the 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 whether this is a real thing um to the best of my knowledge oh the experiment was real in the sense of trying to perform electromagnetic cloaking as to whether there was actually a spatial displacement of the vessel and or was there a fusing of tissues or materials i other than something which was published in a book by jk jessup i personally have no direct knowledge of this and the few inquiries that i made basically just stated that the experiment was a failure in the sense of trying to use electromagnetic generation to provide that type of cloaking uh, okay well according to peter moon it, it it did happen and then out of that grew this experiment um to really um work with people's uh, uh, um, extrasensory perception abilities to, for actual mind control and to influence people and that they use this supposed secret abandoned base out on Montauk, Long Island to to do this and to, to influence people. And there, there have been some, besides his books, there have been some other documented cases of things happening, uh, again, very... Um, black ops, very secretive kinds of mm -hmm. um, uh, projects. Absolutely, yes, yeah. Um, and and one of the the things that came out of this that was probably the most. Uh, uh, far out of any of it was the whole notion of time travel was that these highly sensitive people and, and, and it always involved people who had unusually advanced psychic abilities um, to be able to actually see into the future um, to to actually travel supposedly someone actually traveled into the far distant earth and 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 came back Sam, the concept of precognition is enormous. Mind-to-mind mm -hmm. -mind communication in real time is one thing. To actually have evidence of something that is about to occur, not based upon, say, a linear progression from past to present, is absolutely enormous. Where is this information coming from? 
I've heard enough, and I don't even want to call them anecdotal stories. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people experience such occurrences. I will give a brief story. As I was going through puberty, 12 to 13 years old, for about a six-month period, I would have experiences where I would have a blackout, like a veil of purple would fall within my field of vision, and I would see an event occur. And within three minutes of having that experience, the event would actually unfold. So I have a direct subjective experience, but at this time, it made me extremely uncomfortable. I tried to explain it to my parents. They had no idea what I was referring to. I was taken to the pediatrician just to describe the symptomologies. Back in the late 50s, early 60s, medicine was not, in terms of imaging, there was nothing that could be done by the age of 14 i grew out of this and i never had an occurrence but it is no doubt that such phenomenon occurs explaining it is what the issue is but the actual implications are for physics are absolutely enormous so i mean from your 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 physics background and your theoretical physics understanding is just the idea of time travel theoretically possible? Yes, it is theoretically possible. Would probably require tremendous amounts of energy to do it practically. Whether we could go back into the past is another issue entirely. If we could, it would mean that as we go through the progression of events, that we actually leave a trail of everything we've done in the past, not in this universe, but in another. And by traveling, like the paradox, the grandfather paradox, about yes. which basically states it is impossible for time travel to occur, there are some theoretical physicists who believe that if it did occur, yes, you could kill your grandfather, but it would be the grandfather of your other self in that other universe. So it's sort of a logical wraparound to make such a thing seem feasibly possible. Right, right. And and there are people out there who have said that they believe that this whole idea of, of UFOs and extraterrestrials visiting us, it's really us in the future having found some advanced technology, uh, developed some advanced technology to allow us to be able to come back in time. Listen, in much the same way that s- the way we understand the laws of physics that one would have to travel faster than the speed of light to travel from once. That's in the conventional context. Yeah. I can neither report <laughs> nor deny the fact that who am I to say that this is not impossible. Possible, But if someone were to come to me and say, listen, I'm visiting from the future, they would have to show me something which does not exist in this time. I don't want to say that anything is impossible. Once again, the, phil- yeah. the philosophical precept, if one could think of something, right. it may in fact be possible. Right, right. And, and so I'm curious, I just want to get your take on... Um, sort of what's been going on in the media and the movies and TV that there's been such a plethora in the last 10, 15, 20 years of science fiction movies involving aliens and superheroes and all this bizarre phenomena. There are some people who say it's 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 a one way in which the government is getting ready to disclose some information. Do you think in our lifetime there'll be some disclosure around aliens or, or something like this? What's your feeling? I would love to believe that that is true. I, we're living in a time of extreme awareness on certain levels, but such political and financial upheavals on many others, whether this information would make things better or worse is so for me, it would make things better because I would be more aware. But for many other people, the concept that we are not the supreme intelligence on this planet, despite the fact that those people who believe that are not representatives of the supreme (laughs) intelligence, might have severe, severe psychological consequences. So, so you think that you know, still the mass population is not ready for such a revelation necessarily? Um, 
I wouldn't say worldwide, but certainly people who hold on to their religious beliefs very callously would have a very difficult time with this. Gotcha, gotcha. So one last thing that I've been seeing a lot more, and, and I've actually had a guest on who was who discover of the pyramids in Bosnia, which they've been able to date back some aspects of it to 40,000 years ago. Absolutely. That civilization is actually much, much older than we think. Like right now we feel civilization six, maybe 7,000 years old, but it seems there's more and more evidence coming about and they're finding more and more things around the world that shows that there was not just civilization, but advanced civilization 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe even 100,000 years ago. Sam, I find that very, very interesting. And what I always find interesting about this, I certainly would love to believe that we have been in the past visited by extraterrestrials. And, and I, I do believe that is so. But what's very interesting, if you look at these artifacts, what I find unusual is that, yes, they seem to have been made with a great deal of precision, but yet, other than, say, the pyramids, like Stonehenge, it's believed, oh, those stones had to be levitated through some magical or some extraterrestrial power, yet the actual construction, it's so irregular. Like, in one respect, it seems that some sort of energy would have to have been used to construct it, yet on the other hand, there is such a lack of symmetry, mm. at least in comparison to modern engineering, that I sort of have a, um, I'm, I'm rather doubtful as to whether extraterrestrials were involved in the construction of every ancient artifact which yeah, is on this but, planet uh, but there is um t i forget the name of the town there is some town in in mexico or south america where they found these stone structures that are perfect perfect 90 90 degree angle exactly that that is not the example it's a, it can't be that every one of these structures right, some of right. them perhaps yes others Probably not. I think every age, every generation has a type of genius. We just are looking at it in the modern context and just very, very difficult for us to have a reference point in that context. Okay. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, Dr. X. I really want to thank you for taking the time to come and uh, uh, elucidate on some of these uh, esoteric topics and help to educate our audience. It was my pleasure, and I would like to be invited back again to discuss some other issues. Thank you so, so much. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome, and I would love to have you back. Thank you, all my loyal listeners, for listening. Just to let you know, coming up in March, I will be moving my show from Mondays to Thursdays. We're having a little bit of a schedule change and there'll be more changes. So please go to our website and sign up for our newsletter at www.talkradio.nyc. Thank you for listening and we will talk to you next week. You are listening to the Talking Alternative Network. Are you into comics, movies, and pop culture at large? What about music and storytelling? Then you're in for a treat. This is Michael Dolce, your brand new radio host on talkradio.nyc. I've been professionally writing and drawing comic books, screenplays, and music articles for over 15 years. Catch my new show, Secrets of the Sire, Fridays at 11 a.m. and get the inside scoop on the pop culture universe you love to talk about. For more info, go to secretsofthesire.com right now. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at talkingalternative.com. Talking Alternative. 
Hello, I'm JC. I'm Joan. And, and welcome, welcome to, to 21st Century Entrepreneur. We bring education, insight, knowledge, awareness, trouble, craziness, and fun for you, the entrepreneur who's looking to build your business and your community. Listen every Friday from noon to 1 Eastern on talkradio.nyc. And you can tweet us at 21st CE Radio or Talk Alternative. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Are you on a path of consciousness or spirit? Is personal or spiritual empowerment important to you? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant, and I am here to answer your questions and bring you experts in all areas of life to raise your awareness and support you in your evolution. Tune in at my new time, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on www.talkradio.nyc. That's Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network, 